With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come and football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Today on the ZABEcast, now that cardboard cutouts have given way to vaxxed sections at sporting events, get ready for a summer of... Did you get the jab? Notorious J.A.Y. joins me. We talk LeBron's number change, Chris Paul and the all-underrated team in the NBA, and the Texans skipping minicamp. All that plus a doozy of a doggy story. Your bonus dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Friday, June 11, 2021. Thank you for downloading. It is getaway day for yours truly. I am gassing up the Mobile Strike Studio. I am pointing it westward, and I'm driving all the way to the good land. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and parts beyond for two weeks. I'll be up there doing various golf tournaments and broadcasting from around the city and around the state. It's going to be a hoot. I hope, I think, we'll see. I'm excited. Wish me luck. And I know some of you said, oh, you come through Cincinnati, I'd love to have a beer with you, I'll buy you lunch. I appreciate all those invites. I'd love to take you up on it. But man, it's a a long way. It's a long way from D.C. to Milwaukee. I'm trying to figure out how to break this thing up. I am not enough of a road warrior to do it in one fell swoop. I'm going to see my man Charlie Mannix in Indianapolis. Probably hit some golf balls with him, have a nice steak dinner, maybe bed down for the night, and then head on out after that. But still, should be a uh, should be a fun trip. So that's where we're going to be all next two weeks in Wisconsin. Going to be fun. Montez Sweat. Oh, boy, here we go. Montez Sweat, defensive end for the Washington football team out of Mississippi State who really blossomed into a hell of a force this year, especially opposite Chase Young. I'm sure that had something to do with it. Uh, Montez Sweat said loudly and proudly the other day at uh, Wolfskin's minicamp that he is not getting the jab and has no plans to get the jab. Now, so Montez says, I don't know enough about this vaccine, and so therefore I don't really want to take it at this time until I know more. Now, Ron Rivera actually brought in a epidemiologist or vaccine expert or doctor or infectious disease specialist, someone to help answer questions about the vaccine, to help reassure people. 
Montez Sweat is perfectly in his right to not take the vaccine. He's going to subject himself to additional rigmarole throughout the course of the NFL season if that's the way he chooses to go. And as far as not knowing more, well, there's a lot you can read up on. There's a lot you can understand about it. Now, the one thing that you cannot criticize him for, or you shouldn't criticize him for, anyone can criticize somebody, is that this truly is an experimental vaccine. Somebody tweeted out, if you want to annoy people at a party who just won't stop asking, did you did you get the vaccine? Are you vaccinated? Simply reply to them, you know, I'd love to, but I can't. I'm in the control group, and I won't be allowed to take it until the trial period ends in 2023. And that usually stops conversations right there, because that's how long the trial period is going to last. Now, I think the emergency use aspect of this vaccine is due to expire uh, in July, which will open things up for more employers to mandate their workers to get this vaccine. But the actual clinical trial period is like two years. It's a while. We don't know exactly what can and will happen. I hope and I think and my gut feeling is it's probably pretty safe. And certainly for people that are 50 and older and with severe pre-existing conditions, the vaccine is nothing short of a medical miracle and you should absolutely get vaccinated. Younger than that, though, it starts to really quickly regress in terms of how much of a benefit are you going to get. The, the moving of the needle for somebody under 50 in terms of your chances of developing severe COVID-19, the disease, gets very, very small, very, very quick. And if you're Montez Sweat, who is a goddamn Adonis and is 24 years old or something, his actual risk profile is so tiny right now for anything serious regarding COVID that the vaccine is not even going to make much of a difference to him. Now, you could argue, but you don't want him getting it and then passing it on to somebody else who is not as much of an Adonis, you know, somebody's grandmother. Well, this is where we get to the point of, yeah, well, grandma should have gotten the vaccine. And this way, Montez Sweat might pass along the virus to a teammate of similar young, studly vibrants. And they will have virtually no effect from COVID-19 and then become immune to it through natural immunity and so on and so forth. And then we got herd immunity and then this thing is over. But there's a big push from certain sectors for everybody to get in the pool. Everybody get the vaccine. And you know what those reasons are and you know why and I know why. Now, here's where Montez Sweat doesn't help the cause at all. Montez Sweat also said, well... I haven't had COVID yet, so I'm not thinking about it. I'll worry about treating COVID when I get COVID, if I do. Oh, for God's sakes, dude. Okay. I don't think you understand how vaccines work. They are a prophylactic. They are a preventive measure. It's not a, oh, shit, I've got it quick. Give me the vaccine. That's not how it works. Now, look. There is a ton of treatments. First of all, his risk, his age group, it's a tenth of a tenth of percent or something like that. And that is the global 
risk rate for his age bracket with this virus, and that includes some people who are no doubt morbidly obese, which is a huge complicating factor, and it doesn't take into account that early on in the pandemic, we didn't have all these treatments that actually do very, very good work against the disease. Hydroxychloroquine and zinc, ivermectin, uh, monoclonal antibodies. Oh, look at the big brain on you. Well, I mean, I read up on this stuff a little bit, you know? You don't have to be super smart. Dumb, dumb sports guys can read up on this. So there's a lot of good things to treat severe cases with. So the actual risk factor of Montez Sweat, I mean, it's, it's, it's infinitesimal. But shh, shh, you're not allowed to say that. You're not allowed to say he's virtually not at risk. Oh, no, we must treat this seriously. He's got to go along to get along. He's got to help out society. It's his duty to get vaxxed. Not really. But it would sure as fuck help if he wouldn't say dumb shit like, "Ah, I'm not worried. Once I get COVID, then I'll get the vaccine. Bro, mm -mm, not how it works. But this is going to go on through the summer, I believe, as we get closer to NFL season because the NFL wants to do away with all these protocols and therefore they want to do away with it by way of getting all of their players and coaches and personnel people vaxxed. And I guess I get it, but it would be sure nice if they said, you know what, everyone who's wanted the vaccine has had a chance to get it. We're going back to normal. And look, your health is your responsibility. Hell, even the CDC's own Rochelle Walensky said that about a month ago. So we shall see. I was watching the Islanders on Wednesday night knock the Bruins out of the playoffs, and it was spectacular. Just so intense. Um, They went after uh, McAvoy, who was a Long Island guy on the Bruins. They just said, you're going to have a bad night. Some dirty shots in there, some cheap shots, mind you, but still, Uh, They were just a better team, the Islanders, and they knock out the Bruins. Place was rocking. I especially liked watching Frankie Borelli of Barstool, who is the lone Islander fan, I guess, amongst all the other uh, Boston chowed hoopleheads at Barstool. They showed him early in the series when they were down 1-0 as the only Islander fan surrounded by a pack of snarling, laughing, ha-ha-ha-ing Bruins fans. And I think the caption on their tweet was, So you're sure you want to work for Barstool, dot, dot, dot. Well, wasn't the revenge sweet when it all came down? Like, they showed videos of Frankie going to the game, him dancing with his dad, pouring a beer down his dad's throat as they both celebrated and basked in the victory. Then he went back to a bar where all of his Islander buddies were, and his mom was there, and he's hugging his mom, and they're high-fiving. Yes! This is sports. This is why we love it. This is the essence of it. This is what was missed for all these months. And for all the fake-ass hardos, I kind of like it without the fans. I don't need them yelling. I can see more of the game. It's pure. It's just the sport itself. I get to analyze uh, the, the, the bench rotate. Shut up. That's sports right there. And it's glorious. It's back. And I can't help but think of Canada. Still in deep lockdown, certain provinces. And with the NHL, the Canadian teams left, Winnipeg and Montreal, um, no fans. No fans. They must be sitting up there in Canada going, holy shit, we're on the basically the same latitude as Long Island. We've had 50% of the population with at least one jab, not the second one yet, but a good number. Our case numbers are very low. Why 
the fuck aren't we doing what they're doing at Nassau Coliseum? It must be driving Canadians absolutely nuts. But I guess they're just so nice, so polite that the Canadians are like, oh, hey, yeah, no, it's ridiculous, eh? But, you know, we're going to sit tight. We're going to get, you know, they'll be next year. Blows my mind. All right, let's get to Notorious J-A-Y. We have a lot of stuff to get to. There is hello. hello. There is great trepidation in Milwaukee tonight as we sit down to record this. As the Bucks <laughs> try not to fall down three nothing to the new to the Brooklyn Nets. I almost said New Jersey. New Jersey, yes. Is it odd to you that no team in NBA history has ever come back from three love down? I know it's no, hard because, to do. Yeah, it's only it's, happened it's only- once in baseball, right? right? Yeah, I mean, it's damn near impossible because the NBA is not like college basketball. It's seven games, and after, like, three games, they have it figured out. So, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Milwaukee. You're done. <laughs> They're not done until we see what happens tonight. They win tonight. Then they've got a huge game on Sunday. And, uh, look, you never know. You never know, you know when Katie, one of Katie's spindly legs or arms will snap. You know Harden's playing tonight, too, right? No, he's not. I thought he was playing. I heard he wasn't this morning, and this is unless this is I a late, he, late ad. I heard he was like an hour ago. James Harden's status. Uh, will James Harden and Jeff Green play versus the Bucks? James Harden, how long will Brooklyn Guards Nets be out? Uh, it says 20 hours ago he'll miss game three, so you might be okay. getting different information. Maybe I'll check Twitter, but yeah. I mean, look. The but here's the stat of the series: the Bucks have allowed 82 percent of the Nets threes to be uncontested, where there was no one within four feet of them, according to the NBA's metrics. I mean, that's again, I can win shit doing that. They're also playing against a team who, like I said last week, have two of the best offensive scores in NBA history. It's hard to shut that down. Yeah, it really um, is. Really is. All right. Well, we'll see about that. Hey, let's start in with this. Topic one, LeBron James changing his number. Oh, hey, how about Uh, that? I saw that. The biggest non-story I've ever seen in my entire life. Is it a non-story? Who cares? Okay. I can care about that. I can care about his goddamn movie coming out. (laughs) I mean, I... People make way too much of what LeBron does, even though there was a great episode of the shop on HBO last week with Jay-Z. It was really good. And? It was just Jay-Z and LeBron talking about their success and Jay-Z saying stuff like he didn't know how to swim until he was like 40 and his daughter turned like four and he was like, if she ever falls in a pole, I need to know how to save her. So I took swimming lessons. So let's talk about that with you know, uh, African-Americans and swimming. Why is that kind of a thing? I don't know. I love to swim. I don't think it's a, I think it's a overhyped thing. I know a lot of black people who know how to swim. Do you think, that is a, do you think there's a, a, do you think there's an equal percentage of white people that also don't know how to swim? Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I that's think quite that's possible. 
I think it is. I think but, it is. But aren't don't some comedians joke about not like black comedians joke about not being able to swim? That is a long that, that is a death comedy then death comedy jam joke okay. of epic proportions. But it's again, it's <laughs> I, I think it's lazy and right. stupid. Okay. Because so, so not true. All right. Here's the thing about you you can say I don't care about LeBron's jersey number change, but it doesn't mean it's not a thing. It is a thing. Why is it a thing? Just because he changed the jersey number. Because he's so needy. He is so needy of, of attention of any sort that this is so on brand for him. It's oh, fucked. It's, I get you. Okay, I, I get what you're saying. Okay. It's you know what it's done is it it's fucked up the whole jersey situation with the Lakers because Anthony Davis wanted twenty three because he wore that in New Orleans. LeBron, who already had it, said, you know what? I'll give it to you in two years because they have to give the NBA two years notice to try to burn through some inventory of jerseys. And because LeBron changed his number to, to six, they're not going to let uh, Anthony, or Anthony Davis jump into 23 because then he'll, he'll have a lot of number three jerseys that are unsold. Oh, God. It'll just, be, it'll just be another jersey that Anthony, Anthony Davis can look good sitting on the sideline with another injury. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do, I'm trying to think of other stars. I mean, obviously, Kobe wore eight and 24. Jordan wore 45 briefly. Um, Very briefly, like two months. <laughs> yeah, it was not a good number but, for him either. But managed to put up the double nickel on the Knicks in the Garden. I know with that 45. You, you know why? Uh, you know why he couldn't wear it? Uh, LeBron couldn't wear 23 in Miami. He Didn't wore they six in Miami. For Michael? Huh? Didn't they retire it yes. because of Michael? Yes, yes. exactly okay. right. What yeah. what number did Jordan wear with the Olympic team? The first one, not the second one. Because the second one, well, actually the second one, I think they make them all wear single digits. Let me look this one up. Michael yeah. Jordan number. Was eight. it eight? Uh, he wore number nine. Nine. Okay. All right. But and I he wore number the five time. for the, the first. Pan Am Games uh, in 1983, and he wore number seven with the select team in '82. What? Also, uh, by the by the way, speaking of '70s and '80s stuff, I heard you and Andy talk about the '77, '78 bullets. Here is the time we lived in in 1977, '78. Okay. Uh, my mom and I went to BWI to pick up my dad from the airport. And the bullets were coming back. I was like four or five from <laughs> Seattle. I We met them in the airport. I got a picture with Kevin Greavy at the airport coming back from Seattle, winning the championship. They were flying commercial. Of course. If that's the time we lived it, because because I, I thought they were the Harlem Globetrotters, so they were so tall, and I was yeah, I didn't know. I was like I said, four or five, but that's the time we lived in in 1977, 78. Uh, not only that, but 1986, Capital Center, myself and Paul Herndon went to <laughs> see a Bullets game and waited afterwards at the exit portal where the players would eventually come out of the arena long after the parking lots. Had empty, had emptied, the Eagle parking, the uh, Stars and Stripes parking, yes. <laughs> the Liberty Bell parking, parking and what's yes. the fourth parking? 
Oh, God, you're going to get me on that one. Oh, shit. I can't think of it myself. <laughs> yeah. If you would have got it, I would have said, wow. We you spent way too much. But you went to like you went to like a lot of games. A uh, decent amount. But we yeah. went, we, we waited out and we were all gaga because we got to talk to Charles Jones. The oh, my six, DJ. Six, nine, Albany State product who is a eighth round draft pick. Eighth round back in 1979 he was like a rebounding specialist averaged about four points per game but he was one of the guys that would talk to us kids hell i'm 16 fucking years old (laughs) (laughs) and i remember getting a sweatband from charles jones as he walked to his jeep his jeep brother of i don't know codwell jones no way yeah Okay. The Jones family had like 19 kids in the NBA. Very underrated stat. The, the Jones family. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it was it was a different day and age. All right. Yeah. Moving on from LeBron's uh, LeBron's number. I got an interesting email for you regarding dog names. You ready? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're laughing now. You'll be laughing no, harder in a I, second. I just I just waiting. Yeah. This is from Craig Scherzer in Kansas City. He writes to say, "Question for your resident." Black and occurring guest and genuine friend, it so appears. <laughs> okay. I don't really say the occurring guest. Reoccurring, I, I think he meant. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let it slide on that one. I found it funny that Jay asked the origin of your dog name, dog's name, Tucker, when you had him on the podcast last week because he's genuinely interested in how dogs got their names. Well, as you know, or most likely forgot, my family adopted our first dog about the same time yours did in late 2016. We had our hearts set on a mini Labradoodle with no particular color in mind. When we went to pick it up at the kennel, we were greeted with an assortment of puppies ranging from colors tan, black, and brown. We were all drawn to the brown dogs, particularly a boy and a dog boy and a girl we settled on the girl dog and named her simone after simone biles of course because she was our mostly favorite athlete at the time we had picked the boy dog or had we picked the boy dog i was strongly encouraging my family to name him lorenzo after lorenzo kane came from the royals of my favorite team the royals my point is writes craig we had been accused by a friend or two that we were racist for naming the brown dog after that particular athlete. And we were even challenged if the names we picked out would have been different if the dogs were a different color. And of course, they would have been. But I subscribe to the Jerry Seinfeld theory that when he professed his love of Chinese people when he started dating Donna Chang and Elaine accused him of being racist. (laughs) Quote, if I love the Chinese, how does that make me racist? Same applies to my situation if you ask me, but I'd love for you to ask Jay and make sure I'm not off base here. Sincerely, Craig and KC. The floor is yours. Those people who think he's racist are effing morons. (laughs) Which... Which leads me into another topic I'd like to discuss with Be, you. Before, okay, before we get off of it, though, he has a PS. Oh, wow. He says, curious as to what the origin of Jay's dog, Buck, is. Oh, my God. It's not even funny. Got him the same year that Buck Showalter started winning. There you go. And I, I named him Buck. It is. It is. And I and I showed him. Buck used to, like I said, Buck used to come in once a, once a month. Because we were the flagship, and I showed him the picture, and he chuckled, and he goes, "Do you know how many dogs are named Buck now in Baltimore?" 
And I still thought, I say, Buck, Buck was kind of a son of a bitch. He was yeah. very direct. He was very direct and funny. No, Buck Showalter is the best. Buck Showalter is the Gary Williams of baseball. Oh, yeah. 100% correct. Withering, deadpan sarcasm. But, yes. But oh. not a bad dude. Will give you good, thoughtful answers. Yes. Like, yeah. Well, I, I told you the one he, he gave me on uh, what's her name from ESPN when. He said, you know, she wasn't that bad. He said, have you Aaron, seen her softball stats? And Aaron, I'm like, Aaron Andrews? No. Um, what's the oh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Um, uh, Jessica Mendoza. Yes. So, but but again, my, my, my favorite. So you named I your dog Buck to, after Buck Showalter. After Buck Showalter. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? There's a lot of kids being named Luca these days because of Luca, Luca Doncic. <laughs> And maybe oh the Tracy Chapman song, They Call Me Luca. Or no, not Tracy Suzanne Chapman. Suzanne Vega. Suzanne Vega. Suzanne Vega. Ah, Suzanne Vega. <laughs> okay, moving right along, you said this leads me into another topic. Go. Uh, miss, um, oh my God. I, oh my God. This was and off the dog. We were here. I'll, I'll retrace our steps. Uh, we no, were no. talking dogs. Yes. And you said at the end of it, oh, that leads me to another topic. Naomi Osaka. Yes. Uh, this story is interesting on so many levels because uh, a lot of people have brought race into it. I don't know how they can bring race into it. It is this simple. If Naomi, it is so hard for her to talk to the media, she needs to change professions. Thank you. She, she just has to get out of the tennis business. Thank because you. Because get out words, of sports. Yes, because. In the words of uh, what's his name from The Godfather, this is the life that is it the we've Godfather? We've chosen. Yeah. Yes. This, this is, is the, the life, life we've, we've chosen. chosen. Right. This is it. This is what you have to do. It's, I'm sorry. Yes. I mean, but, someone pointed out Mariano fucking Rivera after giving up the game winning home run in the World Series sat, or not in the World Series, but the game-winning home run to Altuve, who might have been wearing a buzzer, just kidding there, Astros fans, sat and answered questions after the game. That's the mark of a true pro. Persevering, compartmentalizing, understanding they have a job to do, you have a job to do, and stop hiding behind uh, mental health. My best friend in the world, Greg Shepard, played Division II baseball at the University of Missouri, St. Louis, in Missouri. <laughs> and he held the saves record for Division II baseball, I believe, till about like eight years ago. Yeah. In the College World Series for Division II, he gave up the game-winning hit uh, in the championship game and then had to go speak to the media afterwards. And the first question was asked, asked to him, how do you feel about giving up the hit? How do you and feel? He, and he said, there are one billion Chinese people going, Greg, who? And, uh, and I'm like, see? That's that, great. He, he could take now Naomi, who, by the way, I went back and just like looked at some press conferences. Nobody's ever asked her no. questions that were that no. hard. No. And in one press conference, they were like asking her about Wimbledon. And she said, I would like to go cry now from this. And I'm like, you really can't do this then. I mean, not, not everybody's built for what they have to do. Jay, I'll spell it out for you. Dudley boys, there's only <laughs> one word to describe. 
God damn, one of the great wrestling bits of all time. By the way, there's a documentary coming out by Vice on on China. Joni Lauer. Oh, they, well, they had that special. They had that uh, that thing, Dark Side of the Ring. Like tonight, yeah. I can't wait. It's uh the Dynamite Kid. Oh, speaking of that, have you seen my godson, no. AJ Francis, who has a show every week on A and E about finding <sighs> wrestling? He first of all, he's he's wrestling in the WWE now, but he has a show where he takes wrestlers around to find the hidden treasures of of wrestling, like. One of Ric Flair's robes. No way. One of of Mankind's mask. Yes. That's great. He's kind of a fucking big deal now. You know what? Damn it. Another guy, as I write a note here, I should have been nicer to and cuddled up to when he was just knocking around as a fucking intern. Good for him. We are are going. He's coming in next Thursday. We are all going out to eat. Nice. Excellent. Yes. Yes. Hey, hey, Jay. I can put in a good word for you if you'd like. Jay. He will he Jay, will do it if I, did, I say How about yes. in the Mobile Strike Studio? Mm, mm, you and him. I will I I'll texted drive, him on Sunday. I'll drive I, the I can, van. We'll even feed him. We could have him at uh Power Lunch Tuesday with Carol. Mm, ah, mm. I I will text him when we are done. Okay. okay. All right, there that you can go. Be very, yes, there you go. It's tough oh. though. We 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 might have already missed our window. He might be too big now for us. Whereas before, he would be like, oh, sure, whatever to help get me over. Now that he's over, eh, who knows? Yeah, he, he, he's a heel. And he's like, kind of like, like, like Vincent Mann loves him. He can put him on a TV show. Vincent Mann doesn't like that many people, but yeah. for some reason he likes him. Yes, you should have cut him off the head. All right, uh, my serve. Have you seen the Virginia Tech linebacker Catfish? Mark Stern and I talked about this for 45 minutes today. Holy shit. My take. The lawyer for the guy said, and I'm phrasing. Uh, All right. Okay. Hold hold, on. Let me set it up here for those that don't know. Virginia Tech linebacker, freshman, uh, E.C. Atute, who I think is from... It's not he's not born in America, but it doesn't matter. He's in college. He's playing Virginia Tech football. Got catfished, and and thought he was going to a woman's house for a hookup. Instead, he meets this uh, very uh, plain, uh, actually not a bad looking middle aged white guy, and then gets angry. <laughs> say say well, that again. Not a terrible. <laughs> have you seen the picture of the dude he beat to death? Yeah, it looks like a dude to me. That's, what? Yeah, yeah, he looks like a dude who might be catfishing black men for gay hookups. Yes, yes, that's that's yeah. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with it, although actually there is a lot wrong with it. Yes, there is. A there's lot nothing wrong, wrong with being with gay, this. but I would say there's a little bit wrong with catfishing dudes. So, so yeah, he he goes to this uh, Angie woman he thought he he found on on Tinder, and it was this dude, and he went into a rage, beat the shit out of him admitted to investigators that he stomped the guy and punched him several times in the face, heard bubbling and gurgling from the victim as he left the apartment, but didn't call the cops. They found his body two days later dead. Wow. 
now the the lawyer. I don't know if you have that. So part. all right. So yeah, here's here's another doozy in the story. Ready? The linebacker's parents and sister attended Wednesday's hearing for bail, as well as a dozen Virginia Tech football players, most of whom were wearing team gear. <laughs> oh, I bet that made Hokie Nation proud. <laughs> That's so, not a good look. So the the attorney for Etute by the name of Jimmy Turk. That's yes, yes. Jimmy do I, Turk. Do I need to put on retainer? After better, better name for a lawyer than Saul Goodman. <laughs> Jimmy Turk. Jimmy Turk. That's perfect. He said to reporters outside the court, "Quote: Nobody deserves to die, but I don't mind saying, don't pretend you're something that you're not." Ding, ding, ding. That's 100% true. It is. But holy shit. Doesn't so, sound good, but it's true. So they, they asked him how he's been impacted by the charges. He's like, oh, real hard. I'm trying to stay strong. They let him out on $75,000 bail. If you've, got the, if you've got the cash to do it, they let you out on bail on anything. I, I guess so, man. But uh, look, hey, if you get catfished by a dude and you thought it was Angie... Close the door and leave and and delete your Tinder account. How about that? Or have Jimmy Turk on retainer. Right. Or or kick or kick this guy in the balls once really hard. <laughs> How about this? Like Don't you won't you won't you won't go to jail for kicking a guy in the balls really hard and leaving him like, oh shit. Oh god. Unless he gets testicular cancer. Then I'm sure for some reason you'll go to jail for that. Listen, I, I understand how well I don't understand. That sounds like I've been through this. I could imagine. There is the phrase I'm looking for, Jay. I could imagine how this would feel if you've been revealing sexy schmoopy, let's suck my dinghy talk to what you thought was a woman. And, and then you show up dude. and it's and it's, you know, John Paul Glazer, middle aged white guy. <laughs> I can see I'm not, in the Chris Rock. I'm not saying it's right. I know, but I understand. Sorry. Is that can I can I say that or uh, kind will of I be, will I be canceled for that? Kind of. Uh, Paul Michael Glazer is who I was thinking of from Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> oh, that was that was that Starsky or Hutch? I can't remember who was who. He, he played Detective Dave Starsky. The black-haired guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah Elizabeth. Yeah. Elizabeth Plays husband. Yeah. He was also he was also uh, Jack Steeper on the NBC series Third Watch in two thousand five. Yeah, I never saw that. Never saw that. Oh, but uh, so, so so so. All right. So, question: They've they've suspended from the team. Do you think he'll he'll play again for Virginia Tech? Never again, okay. because too much too much. We live in an era where no. Will he play for it? Will he play for another college program? Oh, probably Liberty. <laughs> they'll take anyone. Probably Liberty. Liberty's yeah. a religious school, Jay. They're not going to take but, a guy like this. Both, oh, yeah, both they the, both no, no, the, they both winning. Wait, They're winning now. Okay, Liberty's going to take a homosexual sinner who beat a man to death. That's a no, tall no. ask. Not homosexual. He was. No, I'm sorry. Right. right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. they'll take him because they because he's probably good. That's true. And they'd like yeah. to win. That's true. Yeah. Just a guy who really got violent when he shouldn't have. One kick to the nuts, not five punches. Kill a man otherwise. Okay. Uh, That said, let's move on, shall we? 
With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come and football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Expanded playoffs are coming, it looks like, in college football. Could be as many as 12 and could be as soon as 2023. Your thoughts? That's way too many games in a season for a team to play then. They're going to have to cut back on regular season games because that's like an extra four, four games. Are you saying you're against it? For that fact, if they don't cut back the regular season, if they make it a 10-game schedule, no, no, an eight-game schedule with a playoff, that would be okay. But to leave it at what it is, no. Could could you remember, 10 games plus the conference championship and then plus these games too. That's a lot of football for a college student who needs to be studying. (laughs) (laughs) Even you can't say that with a straight face. Yeah, that was, yeah. No, I, I, I think it's, you know what, I'm all about it. I think it'll be great because making the playoff will be a quasi-championship for programs that are floating beneath the elite surface that want to be like Wisconsin. Wisconsin will make the playoff a couple years, and that's like a championship for them. Oh, it, oh, was it was it you? I said the most unrealistic fan base in in college football, Wisconsin. Yeah, it was. That's right. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, there's a lot of unrealistic fan bases. Oh, Wisconsin's like top three. Ah, okay. Who, who, who really believes that <laughs> they are important? That's just because you know some Wisconsin people. No, Believe me. No, okay, have you been on on subreddits 
for bashing on fan bases, especially in the SEC? How about Tennessee? Uh, Tennessee fans. It feels they're important, but they're not. Maryland. Uh, Thank so you. Maryland is like a, a top three unrealistic college football fan base. If I hear one more time from a Maryland alum or fan that they are a they're 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 a, a program on the rise because they have the best recruiting base in it, but they haven't done it. Shut up! You're yeah. never going to be any good. You know, you're. I mean, there's there's some schools who are never. Wisconsin will never be better than Ohio State or Michigan or what's another Big Ten team that they're – Wait, they're Michigan. better than Michigan right now. Eh, they're still, yes, they, they are. The, they don't yes, hold they the are. cachet. They're, they don't hold the cachet. No, you're right. They don't hold the cachet of Michigan. No, they don't, they, but they've been better. So, been to more Rose Bowls lately than Michigan as well. Don't make me pull yeah. out that measuring stick. You're, you're going to get a lot of angry emails about my Wisconsin. But if I hear one more, one more every every year Wisconsin football, well, we're right there. We have this quarterback. They have never had a good quarterback at Wisconsin. Yeah. They they have the 6'9", 300-pound uh, lineman from Wisconsin, a good running back, and that's Wisconsin's offense every year. Kanye now hooking up with Irina oh. Shayak. The baby daddy of, oh my God, what's the actor from that movie with Lady Gaga? Oh my God, why, do, why am Bradley I? Bradley Cooper? Bradley Cooper's baby mama. No yes. way. Yes. Wow. Uh, your thoughts. She's, she's your, a little cute. Yeah, I yeah, know. <laughs> your thoughts on the Yeezy split up with Kim K, first and foremost, and now this rebound relationship. Go. Oh, I. Kanye, they're going to do when the Kanye West movie comes out in 15 years. That's going to be something special. <laughs> I, I watched, I watched uh, the other day. They had um, Dave Chappelle's Block Party, okay, which which is the early Kanye West, and I was like, he was so normal then, and now he's just this insane person, but gets hot women. So I I can't say anything bad about Kanye West. He sure does. Headline, elderly Florida sugar mill worker kills boss after getting fired. The dude was 86 years old. The picture of him looks scary as shit. Imagine what an 86-year-old Hispanic sugar mill worker looks like after killing his boss for being fired. This will give you nightmare fuel. He's got ear hair that is pouring out of his ears and blending in with his beard. Can you look this story up just so you can see the picture for me? Felix Cabrera, he basically, 86, and I'm sure the job at the sugar mill- Why is he still working? I'm sure the job at the sugar mill was fucking hard. I don't think there was any no work, no show jobs at that. You probably had to (laughs) shovel sugar into some bin or something. He's 86. Oh, my God. Look at this dude. <laughs> if you just showed me a picture and said, okay, what did this guy do? I'd go, mm, murdered boss after being fired. Ding. 86 years old. He was 31 years on the job. 31 years on the job, begged to keep his job for financial reasons. And the boss is like, nope, you're out. Comes back and shoots him. Don't you think an 86-year-old like that, if he's desperate for a job and gets fired, he's got nothing to lose. Look at him. We're- He's if Look he goes to, yeah if he goes to jail but they give him life I'm like I got like four years left so right it might, it might have been worth it I am totally fascinated by super old murderers 
anybody who is willing to murder another man at that late age in life is to me a weird species, you know? Oh, thank you. And you, uh, my serve very quickly on this one. You and I have a habit, not a habit, a, a history. Every time we know someone that dies, we opine them. We forgot one huge one Uh-oh. from our time working together. Uh-oh. Somebody that died two months ago. What? We did not opine him. What do you mean opine him? Give him, give him an obit? Who, yes. di- who died that we worked with that I know? G. Gordon Liddy. Oh, the G-Man. Yeah, he died several months ago. Right. We did not. You and, and I, you and I didn't. I think Scott and Sally and I did, but I'll do it with you. Oh, I was just going to say, what if, it, yeah. In the words of Samuel Jackson from Pulp Fiction, uh, "Get my wallet out." Which wallet is that? The one that says "Bad, bad motherfucker", motherfucker. <laughs> on it. G. Gordon Liddy was one of the baddest <laughs> he really motherfuckers. Was. He went into Fredable Prison. He told stories, and I, I, I adored him. He would tell stories, though, every now and then. And he told stories about he went to federal prison and like the Aryan Brotherhood wanted to fuck with him. And his whole answer was, well, you can try it if you want. Because, you know, Liddy like went to like the Naval Academy. He was like not a Navy SEAL, but he was something. He was five foot four. Yeah, he was little a dude. Badass and went to federal prison and didn't get messed with because he would kill somebody. He was he was like one of the nicest dudes we I ever worked with. He would come in in the morning in our kitchenette, and he would say, "Hello, brother." <laughs> he I, was, I was like, he was he was a chipper old man, and to yes. think that we worked with such a key figure in U.S. political in history, U.S. history, yes, it's just but crazy. The, and 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 I told the story of Scott and, and Sally about how he had a producer, the lovely Miss Diana, <laughs> who, by the way had a thing for Albert Igaldi. And well, of course. We, we would give him shit, and he would be like, now. Nah. I'm like, okay, Al. Diana, right. Diana was in her 30s, I'd surmise. She was rough around the edges, but a blonde that was stacked to the hilt. And, yes. And G. Gordon Liddy put out every year a calendar you could buy called the Stacked and Packed Calendar. It was swimsuit models, quote-unquote, similar to, say, Miss Diana. little rough facially, but great bodies brandishing weapons. And it was yes. the two things that got men who liked G. Gordon Liddy horny guns and tits. I remember he signed one for my brother, <laughs> a stack and pack calendar. By the way, yes. you, met, you mentioned the uh, Pulp Fiction scene. That scene, the whole movie was fucking epic, but that scene was so goddamn good. Bad motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Back it up. Which one is it? It's the one that says bad motherfucker. Bad motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, he reaches in, Can finds his says? wallet. Yeah. <laughs> See, what I loved about this scene, I, I made a sports comparison here, is that you got to sometimes, there it That's is. That's my bad motherfucker. Open it up. Take out the money. <laughs> Take out the money. That whole scene, though, starts with them talking about... Uh, Bacon. Bacon tastes good. Well, he goes, no, bacon Hold is a... Hold on, he's counting in the money right now. How much now. is that? $1,500. Okay, put it in your pocket. It's yours. <laughs> now, with the rest of those wallets in the register, 
That makes this a pretty successful little score, huh? Jules, you give that fucking Nimrod $1,500 and I'll shoot him on general principle. <laughs> no, Yolanda, Yolanda, he ain't gonna do a goddamn motherfucking thing. Vince, shut the fuck up! <laughs> Come on, Yolanda, stay with me, baby. His girlfriend's up on the counter booth and she's pointing the gun. If you have not seen Pulp Fiction, Jesus Christ, people, get with what? it and please watch it, all right? What is Fonzie? Cool. We're going to be four cool. Yeah. So my so my sports analogy was Brian Gutekunst and the Packers need to channel their inner Samuel Jackson in this movie. Or uh, Vincent uh, Jules. He was Jules, right? Yeah. Vincent Vega. Yeah. But yeah, they need, they need to channel their inner Jules to take a very tense standoff with Rodgers and not fuck it up. Not just start shooting wildly. They've got to calmly... Unravel this thing and get Rodgers happy and ready to try to win a Super Bowl this year. Is is it true that the Packers fan base is 50-50 on this? Yes. I, and they uh, might e- they might even be 60-40 in the F Rodgers camp, which well, to me what? is hard to even leaves. get my head around. Well, yeah. I, I hope he leaves. And they go Wow, why do we suck for the 18th straight year? Oh, God. Please, God, no. But you're right. You're right. They'll find out soon enough just how hard it is to find a guy like that. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. (laughs) Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, Jay, who do you got this week? Uh, Outgoing uh, Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott. He sucks. he gave his uh, exit exit interview to well with a guy from the AP. He might be one of the worst human beings ever, and I'm glad he's gone because he fucked the conference up. He fucked USC for so many years. So to Larry Scott leaving, I say fuck that guy. All right, here's mine. It's. For a tweet by the Washington Post, they're getting my fuck that guy for the year. The Washington Post, Jay, tweeted, quote, nobody has been killed by lightning in the U.S. this year. The first time the nation has made it this far without a lightning death. Do you know what happened six hours after that tweet? Lightning death. Breaking news, New Jersey. A man has died after he was struck by lightning on a golf course in New Jersey. Action News has learned. Hey, Washington Post, you ever heard the first rule of no hitters? Shut your mouth! (laughs) Unbelievable. Hey, man. I I didn't know they kept records of that. Like, wow, it's Memorial Day. No one's died of lightning yet. We're doing great. (laughs) And streak is over. (laughs) All right, Jay, you're the best, buddy. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye now. Some electronic mail to close today's show. From Jed Buxton. Thank you, Jed. Email me, by the way, at zabe at yahoo.com if you don't know already. Dear Zabe, I'm sharing a list I made of all my Zabe favorite sayings, themes, and memes. I think you're really on to something. Thanks for all the efforts. Wait, I think I'm really on to? What am I on to? I hope I'm on to something good. What do you mean, I think you're on to really, really on to something? Anyway, he writes, five-hour energy dome, 
Ding. Sopranos quotes. You were looking live. Mead Streets of McLean. Sally's Zabe friend list. Smash, smash, smash. Chef's kiss. OSHA call. Gaithersburg. Director of Pants and Picnics. Team Kitchikana. Where you at? What you hauling? Rebecca Black. Ale theory. TLDR. Saddle up, lock and load. Wins the fantasy draft. Harvard of the West. Goodell voice. Myidiotkicker.com. Three TV setups. Bug talk. Candy rankings. Todd, 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 Todd. Mowing and trimming. Cameras, MacBooks and drones. Best Buy and 7-Elevens. And return. <laughs> There's a lot of threads and themes and memes and incidents through the years. That's a pretty good list right there. I keep saying I want to make a glossary, a Zabe Show glossary that just goes A through Z and lists all these things so that when we talk about them for new listeners and new followers and new one percenters, they can go, hey, what does that mean? I'm late to the party. And then they can just look it up in the glossary. If somebody would like to do that for me, I would not turn down the effort. I might even have a bonus ale coin. Or something else in the prize closet if anyone wants to make the definitive Zabe glossary. Regarding my burn it down rant earlier this week, this one, mixed reaction, but mostly positive. John Duffy writes to say, hi, Zabe, regular listener, and was listening today while mowing the lawn. Oh, I love listening to podcasts while mowing the lawn. I listen to the Sopranos podcast while mowing the lawn. The burn it down episode really spoke to me. So much so, I felt compelled to write. I agree wholeheartedly with what you were saying on the podcast about, you know what, sports has become too big. These athletes are too self-absorbed and full of themselves. And they don't want to do anything anymore for all the insane amount of money they want. Your, Your point that sports is just not what it used to be and is becoming more and more frustrating being a fan is true. In fact, it's become less enjoyable just trying to watch sports. Aside from the many overpaid, spoiled, and entitled athletes, I feel one of the biggest issues is the sports media, writes John Duffy. Case in point, I've been a longtime subscriber to the Washington Post. I've enjoyed their columns years ago. And it pains me to say this, but maybe at the root of all this is none other than Tony Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon. Unpardon the interruption, these two decided to become the story, and they stopped reporting on it. Little did Andy Poland know that he was creating a monster back in the day when he helped launch Mr. Tony's radio show. Mr. Tony has become such a media diva that apparently his antics on Monday Night Football made Howard Cosell look like the contented man. And Wilbon, he's even worse. I usually listen to Andy's show on AM 630. Kornheiser's show comes on right afterwards. I cannot hit the preset buttons fast enough to tune away when I hear Wilbon's voice on the radio. He constantly name drops athletes and celebrities and loves to cuckoo about the golf courses he gets to play. I should probably be careful about that myself. All this because he has chosen to turn his back on the principles of sound journalism and become part of the story. Good old Shirley Povich must be spinning in his grave. Well, quick side note on this. It would take somebody who is a damn near Puritan for journalism to turn down being a million dollar a year plus television show pony, which Wilbon and Kornheiser became, to stick to, well, you know what, I don't, I don't want to be the center of the story. I just want to write gamers. I want to write long form interviews or long form features and do reporting, reporting, you know, do some investigative stuff. I mean, nobody's going to do that. Doesn't pay for shit. You're not a star. You're not a celebrity. You don't, I mean, he's right in that 
Wilbon and Kornheiser became the first two big celebrity pundits on cable TV and in the sports media zeitgeist. And ever since then, it's been off to the races. He goes on to say, I think burning it down and rebuilding it will never happen, but I do think that sports is in for a major correction. Slowly but surely, fans and viewers are going to tune away. People are tiring of the super team concept. Sadly, that cancer is trying to spread now into our beloved NFL. I, I kind of agree with you on that. I think, I believe, as this Rodgers thing enters its new phase of stalemate, I believe three quarterbacks this offseason tried to pull a Harden, pull an NBA power play. First, it was Deshaun. He got derailed by the accusations from his massage therapists. Then it was Russell Wilson, but he didn't seem to have much leverage to do so. And then Aaron Rodgers, I think, absolutely wanted to go to San Francisco and I believe was hoping for and trying to work quietly behind the scenes to get there. That was his honey hole because – the Niners have George Kittle. Holy shit, can you imagine that being your checkdown option? Uh, they've got all these fast wide receivers. They got Kyle Shanahan, who is kind of similar to Matt LaFleur, probably a bit of an upgrade. And it would be home for, you know, close to where Rodgers is or close to where Rodgers is from. That was his honey hole. He wanted to go there badly. Now he's kind of stuck with, all right, shit. Denver, maybe. Other than that, eh, I don't know. But he didn't get what he wanted. So then the third guy, and so he was the third guy to try it. They've all since been rebuffed with pretty much, I mean, Deshaun wants to still move, uh, be moved, but I don't think that's going to happen. It's too late in the cycle. I don't see it happening with Rodgers this year, possibly next, but not this year. So I would say that the desire of the superstar quarterback af- quarterbacks in the NFL would love to be able to call their shots and assemble quasi-super teams like the NBA. We're not there yet because the first little wave of it happened, and it and most and all three of them seemingly have been rebuffed. We'll see what happens after this. Nick C regarding burn it down. Zabe, I listen to people talk about sports. I listen to people talk about sports more than I actually watch them. If they were to be burned down tomorrow, I'd grab a stick and a marshmallow. <laughs> yeah, but then what would we have to talk about? See, that's the thing. Dave Sobecki. Zay, been thinking about the Naomi Osaka thing, and it hit me. The reason this pisses you and me off so much is what she and many other athletes did is the antithesis of what sports is all about. It's about challenging yourself physically and mentally to persevere through adversity. Down in the game? Fight through it and win. Down two rounds going into the last, knock the motherfucker out of the ring. Good pitchers will give up a home run, shake it off, and strike out the next guy. Fight through that shit and come out on top or come back the next time and be better. Own your failures. You will be better. Learn from it. Improve. Period. Yeah, mental health is important. Take care of it. But you don't want to do interviews when you fail. That's a straight-up bitch move, and everyone knows it. It's easy when you're winning. When you're not, that's when your true colors show. Daniel Cormier, writes Dave, got head kicked by John Jones, did an interview a few minutes afterwards, mumbling and crying and concussed. Now that's ownership. And he became heavyweight champ after that. Naomi needs a hard dose of David Goggins. YouTube him. He's worth it. Hardest MFer on the planet and says it like it is. From one old guy to another, stay hard. You'll understand that after watching Goggins. All right, I will give it a shot. And then there's this. 
Bill in Charleston says, Zabe, I love you, man, but the burn it all down take rubbed me the wrong way. Weren't you the guy who railed on journalists who were team COVID, arguing that their allegiance to the altar of Corey COVID was against their interests? Isn't that what you're doing here? Arguing against your own better interests? I don't know if I made an argument for it. I just sort of expressed a gut feeling of it's gotten so big it needs to be burned down. It's not a sustained campaign. The team COVID journalists had a sustained let's not play, let's shut it down attack all summer last year, and it was disgusting. I think mine was more of a fleeting exhortation. Anyway, Bill says, you're the best, Zabe, but I think your take here can be a bit more nuanced than something a talking head on FS1 would say. You're better than that. What do you mean I'm better than How can I be better than a talking head on FS1? I'm not on FS1 talking and making a million dollars or more. Otherwise, keep up the good work. Premium subscriber and one percenter Bill in Charleston. Thank you very much, Bill. I appreciate that. Lastly, this story should cheer you up. A border collie, two-year-old puppy in Idaho, was thrown from uh, her, his or her parents' car in a car wreck. Uh, not a serious one, but a car wreck that jostled the uh, the driver and his wife. And the dog, in a panic, ran away. And the poor couple said, you know what? I I think he's gone for good. We'll never see him again. It's so sad. What happened to our sweet border collie? Well, about a week later, about five miles down the road, they found the border collie. You know where they found the border collie? On a sheep ranch. Herding sheep. (laughs) For someone who was not the dog's owner. PFT commenter put it best, saying that's a football guy move right there. A border collie's like, well, got knocked out of a car. I'm kind of dazed and confused. I was a little bit scared. I don't know where my owners are. But hey, oh, sheep, sheep. Okay, I can do this. I got it. Need work? I got you. I was born to do this. Hey, you're not our dog. We don't even need this. Don't worry about it. I love doing it. Come on, sheep. Man. Fucking border Collies. I'd love to someday have the energy and space and time to own one, but man, I hear they are a ton of energy. What magnificent dogs. All right. That with baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something, something in the game with mybookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come and football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. 
bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Is a wrap for this week. Wish me luck in the Cicada Run through Western Pennsylvania and Ohio, where I believe Brood X is still flying around and sp- splatting into windshields. You should see the front end and the windshield of the Mobile Strike Studio. It's disgusting, but we'll wash it when I get to Wisconsin, where there is no cicadas. Thanks for listening. Spread the word. Rate and review as always. Have yourself a fantastic weekend, and we will see you in Wisconsin.